It's time now for the Rural News with Sally Murphy and Ōtautahi. Kia ora, Sally. And seafood exports are rebounding. Yes, they're nearly at pre-COVID levels. At field days near Hamilton this morning, the government released its export revenue projections, which forecast primary industry exports to reach $55 billion in the year to June next year. That includes fish and shellfish, with seafood export revenue expected to increase by 4% to $2 billion. Seafood New Zealand Chief Executive Jeremy Halson says exports are really starting to turn turn a corner. Obviously, lockdowns overseas you know, put a halt to a lot of uh, fine dining and uh, you know, high-end restaurant sales. So that was a, a market for us that was um, sort of foreclosed uh, by COVID, but also the logistical issues around freight and other things that most other primary sectors experienced hit the industry hard as well. So to see um, an uptick in export revenue is pretty encouraging for the sector. Jeremy Halson says despite labour shortages, high f- fuel costs and freight disruptions still being prevalent, export volumes have increased. He says the pandemic has forced companies to find new ways of doing business. We're always looking to diversify. and In fact, um, you know, seafood exports are very diverse. Obviously China is a big market for us. It's an important market for us. So we're not unaware of the risk that that poses and we're always looking for uh, other opportunities. Are there any other key markets that you see growth potential in? Well, certainly we're encouraged by the recent free trade agreements in the EU and with the UK. So we'll be looking to get more product into those markets. Um, You know, seafood's a great product. People want it. So um, there's certainly no shortage of market opportunities. Other primary sectors are also predicted to bring in more revenue. Dairy exports are expected to grow 6% to just over $23 billion and horticulture is forecast to grow 5% to $7 billion. Meanwhile, it's the second day at the Mystery Creek Field Days and exhibitors say there isn't as much foot traffic compared to when it's usually held in the middle of the year. Organisers say just under 17,000 people came through the gates yesterday. The director of Dairy Wall Coatings, Greg Fulton, has been attending the event for more than a decade and says many farmers are currently too busy to come along. He spoke to Sally Wenley from his site this morning. We'd get a very good turnout normally because the farmers will come in pretty quickly and that's like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday each week. But we probably took over the whole day the same number or even a few less leads than we would get on Wednesday morning before lunch. So it was like about half the speed. And there's notably not as many farmers here at the moment. That's our take on it. How disappointing is it for you? Because you've obviously taken off time to do this and paid for the stand. Yeah, there's a fair investment in, in money up front and staffing to make it all happen. You want to do better than break even. You want to actually make some decent money when you're here. And that's always a consideration. But we're taking a bit of a philosophical stance too because everything's so mucked up because of COVID. We just go, it's a mucked up year, kick it to the curb and back to normal next year. So we're not getting too upset over the whole deal. Greg Fulton says it was pouring with rain yesterday, but today the sun is shining and he hopes this encourages more people to come along for a look this afternoon. To other news, dairy giant Fonterra and Nestle have joined forces to try and create New Zealand's first net zero carbon emissions dairy farm. Dairy Trust Taranaki will run the project on a 290 hectare farm near Fonterra's Whariroa site. The first goal is to cut emissions by 30% by mid 20. 
2027, the 10-year ambition is to reach net zero carbon emissions. Fonterra Chief Executive Miles Hurrell says any lessons learned will be shared with farmers who can then adopt the techniques and technologies on their own farms. The Ministry for Primary Industries is sending staff to Indonesia next year to help with the foot and mouth outbreak there. Border security measures were ramped up in New Zealand after the disease, which affects cloven-hooved animals, was found in Indonesia in May. Kim Moody reports. MPI's Chief Veterinary Officer Mary Van Andel says officials here have been closely watching the situation in Indonesia and how the disease outbreak is being managed. She says while the disease is now relatively widespread, Indonesia has been doing a good job of controlling and containing it away from tourist hotspots such as Bali. Ms Van Andel says MPI officials met with Indonesia's directors of animal health two weeks ago and offered help. She says that offer has been accepted, so MPI will likely send technical experts to Indonesia to assist with controlling the disease early next year. The price paid for wool has dropped every week over the last month due to easing demand. AgriHQ's Mel Crode says prices for some wool types have softened by up to 30 cents a kilo over the last week. Unfortunately, demand's down from all key markets. Um, buyers seem only willing to purchase to meet requirements over the short term, and that's just mainly tied to the lack of confidence in the world economy heading into next year. The exchange rate is also an additional negative point. Uh, it does mainly affect those that buy in US dollars, uh, just considering that that cross rate has risen by 7 cents or 13% from its low point back in mid-October. Finer wolves also haven't been immune to all this weakness either um, and it also mimics trends that we've seen in Australia lately but fortunately the core of this season's offering has been sold by now. That's AgriHQ's Mal Crowd. And lastly, a game meat industry consultant is suggesting Australians eat more wild pigs to try and combat the rising population of the pests. The actual number of feral pigs in Australia is unknown, but an estimate from 2020 says there could be as many as 23 million. Andrew Vadasi told the ABC wild boar meat is perfectly good and suitable for human consumption. He says if that can be demonstrated to more consumers, it would create more jobs while reducing the feral pig population. And that's the rural news for today. Koira te purongo o te taiwhenua.